You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. You ever have gunk in your eye and it's like on your eyeball, but you don't? No? Anyways. Everybody doing well? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. With my voice again. I feel like I feel like I'm 14. Like giving my vo- I don't know why I was doing that. Anyways, uh, everybody gonna have a good week. Yep. How yeah. does how does it feel to leave on your on not your day to leave? I haven't left. Yeah, you, haven't left. <laughs> you probably won't leave in either. I'm going shopping on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, I purposely didn't go out yesterday, just to try and break <laughs> that, that rhythm of going out on Monday. So I'm going to go out today after this. Yeah, yeah just rebel. for like five minutes, because I'll probably feel too rebellious. Go buy like, bread and speed back. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, it's weird. So our quarantine has been... Uh, um, Abandoned? Well, yeah, that was, that was months relaxed. ago. Yeah, they, they relaxed the restrictions on our quarantine, I guess you can say. Um, it was just to the point where... It, Things haven't really improved. It was at the place to where it just wasn't sustainable. Like it literally, like I said, they gave everybody $75 three months ago, something mm-hmm. like that, two months ago. And so obviously that's all gone and, and people just don't, they, just can't, they don't have, and people here don't have savings account, you know, and all that type of stuff. I mean, some people do obviously, but uh, I would say majority do not. And so uh, at least half of the people here live on a day-to-day basis. So like, what do you make today? Is what you're gonna eat off of or whatever, you know? Right. And so, I mean, I've been working for three months. And so, it's really been really rough. Some people have just broken quarantine. They never obeyed quarantine in the first place. But some people, for the people who have really tried to follow, they've been essentially punished economically because, I mean, they just can't survive it. Mm. And so, it's just gotten to a place where they've had to loosen the restrictions to allow people to make money again. And so, it just, make, it, it just makes me think like a lot of times for, for us, I would say that we're privileged because we we are privileged enough to obey the law. You know, the law mm-hmm. was these are the days. But some people, they're not just breaking the law because they're rebellious or they mm-hmm. want to break the law. They some literally, are. Some, I mean, well, some, yeah, some are just some because are. they don't want to be, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to comply and be obedient. But yeah. But for, uh, I mean, a, a lot of people, it was like, man, I need I need money to buy rice and bread for my kids. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go out there and do, do what I can. You know, some people are just selling, um, selling bread door to door or um, whatever they could could come up with, you know, to make money. So I don't know. Sometimes we just we just think like, oh man, why don't these people just obey these rules so that we can all get back to normal? It's like a little compassion because they they don't have a, uh, an option. Yeah, and I, but I, I mean, yeah, I think that's a, a a decent percentage of people. But I think the larger percentage is people that just don't want to follow the rules. Like they just. You know, uh, whatever it's arrogant, selfish, whatever they just don't want to, and that's that. That is that's really what's um, contributed to us being in quarantine so long. Is mm-hmm. the rules were never fully followed yeah. to begin with. I mean, because had we quarantined like we we're supposed to for the first month mm-hmm. in a small, pl- you know, smaller place, I guess you can say, um, it shouldn't have been an issue. You know, we could have kind of at least gotten it under control pretty quickly. But the problem is, people never stopped no. doing what they're doing. And so, yeah. I mean, it was a. Uh I mean, even just like looking back at how everything unfolded, it was a strange situation in itself because it's like 
we were like the only place for like a month that apparently had no reported cases. Yeah. I mean, but there had to have been cases during yeah, that period. Yeah, there had to be. Um, and so I think people were quite relaxed during that period. Like people were going out a little bit more. They were a bit more like, oh, it's not here in Benny. It's not here in Trinidad. So we're fine. We can go out, you know. And I, th- I think people were less likely to follow the rules during that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it, it broke. And then within, I mean, it was like one case, then two case, and then jumped to like 150 or something yeah. like that the next day. Um, so it was obviously here beforehand. They just hadn't reported it. Yeah. Um, they weren't testing. No, no. And I think like, I think there was like a two-week period after that where a lot of people did follow the rules because you like you'd go mm-hmm. out on the roads would just be abandoned. Uh, there'd be police everywhere. There were military around, and then yeah, that just they just slowly let that go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police got just spoiled. The, the police officers and military got personnel were getting sick, yeah. and like a couple of them died, and so they were like. <laughs> The police, you know, a lot of the police were like, "No, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. We're gonna work, but we're not like gonna be, you know, out on whatever." And just got got spooked. I, you know, I get it, obviously. And mm. so, it's just been a mess. But the idea with the quarantine is to be proactive, not reactive. And yeah. so that's the that's the problem. Though, like you said, is like in the beginning, they did a good job of closing it down, like here, and yeah, with all the control and stuff. The problem is people didn't. They said, "Oh, there's no cases here yet, so we're gonna do what we want." Well, yeah. that's. There, there, there were cases here, but just there weren't a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. But then, obviously, with the continuous, and then some people waited, like you said, people waited until the numbers got up to got high, and then decided to, oh, we're gonna stay inside now. Well, it's too late at that point because yeah. so many people were infected and whatever. So it's been a mess. But you know what that means. Time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been no, it's been a mess. But here we are. We're getting. I, I mean, at least. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I was going to say we're getting better, but that's not just because we can leave doesn't mean we're getting. And that's the thing is reminding yourself that the enemy is not quarantine. The enemy is the virus and mm-hmm. people getting sick and overwhelmed hospitals and stuff like that, which I don't know. Who knows what happens from here? Uh, it's been I've, I've heard. I don't know if you've heard this. I haven't said it to you yet, but that I don't think the kids are going to school this year um, at all. I think they're going to keep doing like online stuff. Okay. And then next year, they'll just automatically go to the next class. Okay. That's kind of what... So no grades? I don't know. That's... I just think they don't know what to do, but you could... But I don't... At the same time, they can't hold back everybody. So now in Bolivia, the way... It, where either the kindergarten classes next year will be completely overwhelmed. They already have 30 students, so next year you're going to have 60 students per class. Or you just change Bolivia's eight... Or, yeah, Bolivia's age thing. Now you graduate when you're 19 instead of 18, which that's not realistic either. And so, I, I, I mean, there's options, I think, but options that everybody's going to follow through with and do is, is not. So, I don't know. It's not official. That's just what, this is what's being kind of whispered around. So, we'll see actually what officially happens. But that's where we are right now. Anyways, let's get to today's topic. We've talked enough about It's been a long time since we talked about corona stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, it was due time to give an update somewhat, I guess. Um, but anyways, today what we want to talk about is, is there a time or times or has there ever been not a time? <laughs> Have you ever felt um, unqualified? Unqualified or, um, I was going to say disqualified, that too, but uh, <laughs> unqualified or, or uh, what's the other word? Like incapable? Insufficient. Insufficient, that's the word I'm looking for. Have you ever felt insufficient as far as in your space as a missionary you're a missionary you are you know a kingdom representative to another country from your country from the kingdom of god but also from your country right from your home churches and stuff like that and um has there ever been a time when you've got into a situation you felt like you're just 
I'm not cut out for this, or I'm not the person, or I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough, I'm not whatever. It's it's a question. All the time. (laughs) All the time, every day. (laughs) Anytime I try to do something that's a little bit past my comfort zone, it's, I get those thoughts. It's just, um, it sucks, but it helps me create a balance between, like, growing and being confident, like, like if I if I felt completely um, capable, I feel like pride would I would struggle with pride. Like mm-hmm. thinking I've got this, I've mm-hmm. done this for ten years. How long have we been doing this? I don't I don't remember. Um, but I mean, quick maths. Just, yeah, <laughs> just say we came in two thousand nine. So eleven years. So oh, eleven years, and and so it's, it would be easy to say, I've got this. You know, I've been doing this for eleven years, and and then just become completely prideful (laughs) but then on the other spectrum a lot where I find myself a lot is that oh man I don't know anything especially when it comes to like if someone needs uh, direction or counseling and it's it's like the door to share hope in the gospel of Christ it's just like I just look back on my life and how many times doctrinally I thought I was correct I thought I was right and then in the future I went ahead and committed to studying and growth and then I realized man what in the world was I talking about back then you know like your old Facebook statuses you thought you were saying something really profound it's like that was stupid I hate that guy <laughs> <laughs> right. like, I would I pray for a time machine <laughs> just so that I go back and punch myself in the face that's it like no other nothing else Anyway, sorry, yeah. So, I mean, I think finding a healthy balance, and that's where I always struggle, is because in some, sometimes, some areas, I feel like, oh, yeah, I've got this. But then very quickly, I realize I'm, I, don't, I don't have anything. This is a, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this. Who even qualified me for this? I don't know what I'm doing or saying. So, yeah, but my answer would be all the time. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think um, similar, similar answer. Um, I think so, so something that I always struggle with, or not really struggle with, but um, that comes to mind is that when you t- when sometimes when you take on a role like this, you don't really have a, like you don't have a job specification in what it is that you're meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. So like the other, other times, like in the UK, when I've had jobs there, you've got specific things that you have to do, and so it's like okay, I know how to do that. So you master those four or five things. Whereas when you're here, you don't really have that. You're kind of like you're your own boss. You make your own timetable. Mm-hmm. You, you do what it is that you feel God's calling you to do. Um, but a lot of times you just look around and you, you see so many different needs. And you're like, oh, I want to help in that area. I want to be involved in that area. So I feel like you, you try and turn yourself into like a Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Some, something that can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's where this, the, for me, that's where the feeling of overwhelmed or unqualified comes in. Because all of a sudden like, I'm going from seven different things that are just yeah. not connected in any way and you're trying to dip your feet in and out and you know help help where you can um, but never really like you have that phrase um, oh, I boy. can't remember what it is you have that phrase <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gone uh, like Jack, Jack, Jack of all, all trades, trades. Master of one. that's not yeah. my phrase though I mean, no, but it's the one that you say around um, <laughs> time to time and it is that you know it's that I it's difficult to just become really good at one thing here yeah. rather than decent at loads of different things. And I think that's, yeah. that's kind of like the struggle is it's, it's like there's so many different things that you want to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's so many different things, it's, it's really hard just 
to become really good at it. Yeah. Because you can't devote all my like so like the community garden like I can't, you can't devote all of your time to the community garden mm. because you've got to run a church now we're doing food banks now we're doing social media stuff now we're preaching now we're going to do counselling and so it's <laughs> and it's like well, when do I have time for the community garden yeah um, community uh, garden like, it felt yeah. like such a long time yeah. ago that yeah. we <laughs> and so that's I think that's where like the overwhelmed or insufficient comes in for me is just that sense of I never really feel like I have I mean fully in control of the work they want to do because there's yeah. just so much going on mm. that makes sense yeah so then so when you when you encounter so yeah so you're doing all kinds of little stuff but then when you encounter a moment where you really need to be mm. um like proficient in something then you feel like uh unqualified unqualified not because of who you are but because of your preparation mm. or lack thereof not based on you but based on because it's plethora of things and so then you encounter this moment or situation of mm. Let's say in a month's time, somebody will want some type of like counseling, and you're like, "Man, <laughs> I mean, I can give you advice, but I don't know if we we'll call it counseling, you know." Yeah. And so you get into that, and you feel kind of whatever because you haven't properly had time to prepare. Mm. So you're a preparer as well. Yeah. So like, Simon likes to know which is the right way to live life. By the way, um, he likes to know like what next Friday at 7 p.m. He can probably tell you exactly what he's going to be doing. Mm. I have no idea what the heck I'm gonna be doing. So watching but, a movie with the girls for this <laughs> movie night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, next Friday, that's true, probably. Um, unless somebody gets in trouble and ruins movie night, yeah. don't have it. So, anyways, uh, so yeah, so he likes to see what's coming or whatever, and 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 to be able to like nicely and orderly prepare for that as it comes. Mm. And so when you just when you just live in a situation like this and then on top of it as well with the with the virus stuff or whatever we've been forced like we talked about before to just really um what is the word i'm looking for like to just really like kind of go go with kind of flow with it you know yeah. and go with the flow and like be effective in the ways that we can and so all kinds of new stuff that we've never done mm. we're doing or whatever and so so you're saying you're challenging that in that space so you're saying yeah. you just feel insufficient a lot of times just in the whole spectrum of missions and you're saying yeah. you feel like you you can't prepare properly for anything because it's always going to be there's always so going to be much. something yeah. else it's so, constant change it's yeah that constant change yeah that makes sense yeah the, and it's constant change even outside of um pandemic stuff yeah. it's constant change so his and his um feelings of being unqualified or insufficient will come from outside uh, things out, outside of his control yeah and i think mine would i could say that mine just come from an internal of overall just always feeling like anything i do is probably not going to be good enough which is probably very deep and psychological and i have issues and i need prayer <laughs> <laughs> i mean all right well you <laughs> may say so yeah um i, I think for me I'm, i don't I used to struggle with that a lot, like feel, and this is I don't know how dumb this is gonna sound when I say it, but like I all the time, like just be like oh, I don't feel. But then I realized once I had an epiphany, a revelation, so to speak, that it's just true. Like I'm not qualified. Like I'm I am unqualified. Like I am, and I don't even like we're not even in the spiritual part of this yet. But like I I, I just am. I'm insufficient to do all the things that I want to do. Um. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not qualified to do it. I'm totally insufficient and incapable of, of doing all the stuff I want to do. And so 
<laughs> I mean, that's literally that's literally it for me. Because it, it was it was like a cloud hanging over my head forever. Mm. It's like any time that you, like you said, any time that you're challenged with something, then you kind of not literally, but you kind of ball up into like kind of a weird ball, like and like kind of guard yourself and get start getting defensive and feeling sorry because you know that you're out you're out of your league, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and and you know we want to feel comfortable too. That's the thing is confident and comfortable and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so. When you don't feel that, then you feel like this is it's a bad feeling and you want to get away from it. And so I used to struggle with that all the time mm. because, like we talked about before, like I'm a dreamer, but at the same time, oh, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> um, I'm a dreamer, but at the same time, like, yeah, like I, I, I can lack confidence in those areas that I'm dreaming in. And so I can dream about building an Olympic sized swimming pool. I don't know, just for I don't, for whatever example. I don't know why that came, but anyways, and like, oh lord, is this gonna be another? No, community <laughs> <on. And laughs> center. Yeah, and so and so when it's time, but when it's time to like like build it and stuff, then I'm like, man, I can't do that. You know what I mean? And start. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm at a constant conflict in my my dreams, thoughts, whatever, and goals, and my capabilities. It's, it's at a con- and I just got tired of it, like just mm-hmm. feeling incapable. And so like I just kind of was like I mean just <laughs> like it is what it is like because it, it came down to a, a for me a logical point of okay you are okay so you are you are not qualified let's look at it on paper you're not qualified mm-hmm. it is what it That's is a fact. Yeah. but well, I mean not talking about for you I'm talking about like yeah, <laughs> <on. laughs> no um no, but just, yeah, seeing on paper, like, okay, you're not qualified. You don't have what some people have to be able to do this, whether it's the training, the paper, whatever, you don't have that. So, okay, if that's a fact, then what am I, what, okay, now what? Are you going to quit? That's an option. You can quit. Or are you going to do what's necessary to make it happen? And I guess, for me, that's really what it's come down to, is I just realized that everybody's unqualified when they start something. You know what I mean? Even if they're more qualified than me. Even if they have more training and purpose than me, they had training. And so, okay, what do I need to do to not become qualified to, pe- to, to learn what I need to learn to be able to do this well? And so it's just kind of committed to learning and, and just growing and working on myself in that sense. And not even working on my self-confidence. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Not even working on my self-confidence because I think that comes when you know, when you get in the habit of yeah. doing something. Mm. And um, I was, we were talking a few weeks ago with Simon and just saying that when you teach a baby how to walk, they're unconfident. Like they're unconfident. Is that a word? In- unconfident is. Yeah, it is today. Um, they're not confident. And they're, so they're kind of like, and they ha- typically have their hands up when they walk and stuff. Cause, and they take these wobbly steps. But then now, like... If I say, hey, walk over there to that corner, you're going to do it. You're not going to get nervous about it. But it's because you've done it for so much and so long that you don't have to think about it anymore. Something that you were an absolute amateur in and terrified to do. Not terrified, but like just insecure and taking those steps as a baby because you've done it for 30 years now. You do it without even thinking about it automatic. So you don't need self-confidence to walk over there. You just know you can do it. So it's like you don't need this like mystical idea of believing in yourself and all like you don't need that you know, you can do it. And so then for me, it moves to the spiritual side of like, okay, has God sent me and called me to this? Yes. I don't think you convinced me any different, honestly. Um, okay. So can I do it? Yeah. Is it going to be easy? No, no, it's not as easy as walking over there, but it will get, and this is the James 1, 2 through 4, Romans mm-hmm. 5, 3 through 5 stuff over again. Like whenever trouble comes your way, count it all joy. It builds endurance and all this other stuff, gives your faith a chance to grow and 
so on and so forth. And so you go through these situations of, it's like exercise, right? If you lift five pounds, if the girls lift 10 pounds right now, it's going to be heavy to them. But if they, as they grow and they continue to lift things through their whole life, 10 pounds is not hard for any of us to lift at all. Like you don't, you're not like, oh, let me pray about this. Or you don't get nervous about picking up something that weighs 10 pounds, you know, because you've been doing it for so long. And so for me, I've gotten in the exercise of like, okay, this is hard today. And it's going to be hard tomorrow, but let me just like de- become determined to keep doing this until either one or two things happens. I realize that I really can't do this because that, that happens or I get used to carrying this weight and I, I can move on to heavier weights. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that. And so just taking the, the challenges and the troublesome feelings that of, of doubt of, you know, disillusionment, whatever, you know, the case may be. And even like, um, not depression. What is it called? Like that, like, I don't know that just the anxiety behind it and whatever. And taking that and realizing that, okay, okay, I do take care of myself, but if I keep pushing through and stay, uh, and persevere, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at the, it's coming through. If I, I persevere, persevere through the thing, through whatever it is, the challenge, then I'm going to gain strength from this. And then I'll become, not only will I be able to resist this, but I'll be able to, I'm learning something new. I'm becoming better at something. And it's, it's, it's a, that has, that's changed my life. That, that way of looking at my life, because I just realized that every time, like, again, to be being a dreamer and always trying to push forward and do something new and trying to be like innovative, not in the name of innovation, but in the name of being effective, like just innovating and stuff. Like I'm always going to feel like that. And so I came to the point like, oh, this is not sustainable to constantly just be cowering up and feeling like incapable and, and you know, and so like what until so just get I, I've decided to get in the house and it doesn't mean I don't feel it anymore. But like I, I almost ignore it now. Yeah. Like I like it's still there, but I don't react to it at all because like I like when you do something that you thought was impossible for you to do before, like speaking Spanish, I thought I would never you remember. I never in a million years did I ever. I just I wasn't gonna be able to do it. But then one one word at a time. I'm still not like you know I can't speak like Rudy speaks, but like I can talk. Like I preach in Spanish. Like you know I live in Spanish and whatever. And so like, but it was one word at a time. And it's the same thing for me. It's like okay when you, I've gotten used to doing things that I'm not supposed to be able to do. You know what I mean? Like speaking Spanish, living overseas. Like I'm not even talking about big accomplishments. For some people, these are things that. You know, my kids, when they grow up one day, and be like, and I'll tell this story, and I'll say, yeah, I thought I couldn't speak Spanish ever. They're going to laugh at me because it's something they, they're, they'll grow up doing, they've been doing their whole life. And so it's not hard. So for some people, it may be easy. For me, it's been hard, and like living overseas and stuff like that, that's not been hard, but in the beginning, it was scary. Like, and not scary like, oh, <laughs> like, but like, you just don't, you, you have no, you know, you left everything, you have no idea what's coming up next. And so, but just forming those habits of pushing myself and then just ignoring, knowing that I'm capable of way more than what I feel like I'm capable of. Yeah. And knowing that I'm capable of way more than what my defense mechanism or natural reaction, it's a safety mechanism as well, of that fear of saying stop, which is a good fear in a lot of cases, but sometimes it holds us back as well. And so I've just gotten in the habit of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm incapable, yep. But let me see how I can, <laughs> like, it, it literally that's is that. Good, I was going to say that's the good thing is that we literally came into uh, becoming missionaries without any theological training without I mean we we attended a church but we weren't at that time involved involved I mean we tried to be but it didn't it just didn't work out where we were like very involved and so um we just it was like a jump it was like let's 
We yeah, know that. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say because we were nobodies at our church, and our church, it was a big church, and there was a church of somebodies, right? Like if you know, you know how churches get, and it was that, and we were kind of nobodies, and just people that really didn't. I'm not saying people didn't care about us. It's not what I'm saying, but like we just weren't the priorities for anything. You know what I mean? We weren't gonna be. We were just people that came, pretty more or less, you know. And so, um, so yeah, from that, like for us to say to have the foolishness or confidence or calling or whatever to say, oh, we're not even really, again, this just sounds like I'm knocking the church, but I'm not. It's just, it was a big church and we just got lost in the cracks, whatever, or fell through the cracks or whatever you want to call it. So we just weren't really, so we go from not even being noticed there to thinking that we can be effective on the mission field. Is this an absurd thought, you know, yeah. absurd step? No, yeah, it was, it was crazy, you know, but, but then having to, having started there you you learn very quickly that that you don't know anything and so you you do you get over it's like okay now now what do we need to do for me it was like graphic design just even recently i've saying i've saying all my life but i had never received any proper training but a church reached out and asked if no, no, it was, I started doing Wait, vocal training before the you church. You said like graphic design. Like, like graphic design, I had to learn, like we had a need to, we had a need. For graphics. For graphics, yeah, in ministry. And so I, I had to learn that, you know, and then we had a need for, for recording and setting up videos and, and sending out emails, videos and you know, all of this stuff. And so Ramon had to learn video editing and all of this stuff. And even communication, we had to learn that for me, it was coming out of my shell to speak his as well, speak publicly for fundraising at churches and mm-hmm. even not become charismatic, but come out of your shell a little bit. Like you, you're naturally very, very reserved, but that doesn't go over well when you have to stand in front of a church and share a story about your ministry or whatever. You, you talk like this, it's kind of boring, you know? So you have to learn these things along the way where before it's like, oh, it's just not who I am. I'm not going to do it. But then then it becomes, I don't know how to do it. Let me figure out how to do it. Yeah, and that's that's a good example, I think, for the speaking to churches. Like, <clears throat> I'm, I was the public speaking was my worst enemy. It may still be, but I just don't even care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, because yeah. I'm like a I'm, lot, yeah. I, 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 it's it's the I just preach every Sunday, so it's like somebody. It may have been him a while back. Do you still get nervous? And I was like, I had to think about. It. I was like, yeah, I do, but I just don't pay any attention. Because I mean, what are the what are the options? Like for me, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. I I love what I want to accomplish more than I hate speaking public. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want to get up in front of these churches and have, but. This is what's necessary for me to get where I want to go, and so they kind of come to that conclusion, and they're just like, okay, whatever. And then yeah, it goes back to us and just living my lifestyle. But I think we we live that lifestyle as a family, and then I mean Rudy now even like we just get in where you fit in, and like we if we we need something, we haven't had a ton of like help in our ministry before Simon came. And we've typically been helping other people, but for stuff that we wanted to accomplish, we haven't really had a ton. I mean, definitely supporters and stuff, but I mean like people coming and physically yeah. helping. We haven't had a ton of help, so we've had to just like okay either give up and pout or figure out how to do it on your own, you know, wipe your tears or whatever, you know, go in the bathroom, take your moment, wipe your tears and get your stuff together and, and like make it happen. And like, so like, that's what, that's what we've done. And then thankfully you come because it now adds a different, and we've thrown you into that weird fire kind of like, like, like Simon's writing books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like poor Simon. Cause like we never have, we've never had this conversation like of, Hey, well, you know, just push yourself and whatever. Maybe we have at this point, but in the beginning, 
Like, we're all just talking crazy. I know to him it probably sounds like these people are fools. <laughs> what do they think I am? What do they he's think like, yeah, we're going to record the song and we're going to do this. And he's like, <laughs> anyone have any recording experience? Oh, no, no, we don't. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> like, it's, like. Why I, is that relevant? Yeah, like, what's your point? <laughs> so, I mean, from his perspective, he probably thought we were crazy at some point. And then we have these meetings, like these pr- production meetings or whatever you want to say, like. About like a scheduling about how we're gonna shift our focus. <laughs> like, <laughs> so when the quarantine first started, like everybody's semi depressed. I don't care what you know, mm-hmm. like semi at least. And so like you know everybody's just kind of like out. And so we like I realized like okay well I, like I'm supposed to be leading this church and like I'm supposed to be leading Red Roots and so I'm semi depressed as well. I'm laughing because like, you have tears in your eyes. Because I'm laughing. Because I'm laughing. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm think I, so, I picture Simon's mentality. It's the first time I ever fully oh, yeah. thought about it. When we have these meetings and we talk about stuff, like I probably think we're insane. Like, poor guy. And so we had like I'm like, all right, we didn't have a meeting. Let's get some stuff going. And so I I talked to Rudy about it, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Because again, we just this is how we've been working for eight years, right. you know. And so like, it's not. It's someone like, all right, Simon, we're gonna have a talk. Oh man, it makes me laugh so much. I was like, Simon, we're gonna have like a talk. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. So we, we come in and we have a meeting. And like, you didn't say anything negative or anything, but I imagine you're here, you're like, these people are stupid. <laughs> like, you're gonna do an audio Bible? We're gonna do like, uh, has anyone ever <laughs> recorded voices before? No, no. Anyone ever done any voiceover work before? You have. No? Oh, yeah, I did. But that, it was a different thing. Yeah, I did. But then I'm not even the one doing the Bible thing. And um, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, we're going to do it. So I imagine he's probably like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be in my office writing the book and the devotional by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Simon, do you think you can write a devotional on the characteristics of God? He's like, yeah. And I don't know, like, I, have you, I don't know if you've always been like that or if it's something you're like, oh, well, whatever. How do you feel when we had this stuff? Is it like, was it good to you or was it like weird? To be honest. Uh, now I'm I'm just used to it. Um, just wait for you to finish the drink, but uh, <laughs> but um, because yeah, I mean it just like every month you just have an idea, and it's, I'm just like that's a crazy idea, but it works. Just like, <laughs> so that's kind of like the, that's just kind of where I'm at now. Like you could you could come to me tomorrow and say hey yeah we're gonna build an Olympic size swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, you'll probably find a way. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, I'll get the measurement. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's just like, uh, yeah, like these these ideas and whatnot. I just, I think the thing is, because I know that you would have thought it through. Yeah, yeah. Like, Before I say it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't. You know, it's, you've, there's not been a time where you've knocked on my door and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to build an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And then half an hour, I come back to me going, actually, I thought it through a little bit more. We're not going to do that yet. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always know whenever you've come to me with an idea, nine out of ten times, you've thought about it yeah. for the last week or however long. You've spoken to Miguel or Rudy or Melinda about it. Yeah. Uh, you've thought through the process and how we're going to do it. So... I have confidence that when you come to me with an idea that I'm like, okay, that, you know, recording, <laughs> like no one's got any experience. We've never okay. done that before, but I know that you would afford it through. Um, and so you have a method or a way that we can get it done. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's just like, okay, I'll follow your lead and see where yeah. this goes. <laughs> do you, but do you feel like that's been helpful to you or damaging to you? Cause I, I think it could work th- both ways. Yeah. You know I think I mean? the biggest thing that it's taught me is you're very strong in just go with what you've got. Like, don't mm. use not having stuff as an excuse yeah. as, as to hide it. So I think 
for nine out of ten people, they would have come into this situation and gone, well, we don't have to we don't know how to record anything. We don't have the best camera. We don't have the best mm-hmm. sound system. We don't have it. So they just wouldn't have done it yeah. because no, we don't have, we don't have a 2000 pound camera or 5,000 mm-hmm. pound equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas for you, it's very much a, but we do have this, but okay, we don't have this, but we do have this. So let's, let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can make it work. Um, and I think that's, that's the valuable lesson that I've learned from it, which is why I'm just, I just go with it because I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, he's fought it through. We have stuff to make it work. So let's just try and make it work. And yeah. I always, I know as well that, you know, if it's rubbish, you're going to be the first one to say, okay, that was rubbish. We need yeah. to rethink Or that. he'll preface it with that. Yeah. This might be a bad idea or a good yeah. idea, yeah. but what do yeah. you think? Yeah, I know that, you know, if, if something's not working, you're not just going to chuck it out and be like, well, oh, that took us 10 hours to do it, so yeah. let's just put it out there. I know, like, <laughs> nah, I've been crying <laughs> myself to sleep, like, man, we wasted 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I know that, yeah, all of those things, like just, just going with what you have. Um, using using what God's given us at this time, what we do have, learn new skills and, you know, progress, make it better. Um, and I think, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so to mm. speak, of how, where our videos are at now. Like, yeah. okay, you said two months ago, we didn't, have the, we didn't have the skills, we didn't have the know-how, but now look where we are two months later, yeah. we're doing music covers and audio, bio, like these yeah, things yeah. that were crazy dreams yeah. are now actually reality because, yeah. you know, we pushed through with them. So, yeah, at the time, it's kind of like, okay, it's another big idea. Yeah. But, uh, you know, find a way. Stuart, go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember um, back when we had, excuse me, the homeless ministry and um, Christmas time came around and we thought, what are we going to do? What can we do for our friends? You know, these people who we go out every week and you spend time with them. We always, always prepared a sandwich for them, sandwich and hot tea. And would take it because every Friday, every Friday, that is what we had. We had enough money for a sandwich and tea, and that was it, you know. Um, and most people will probably say, like, Why would you just why wouldn't you make them a hamburger, give them a full meal? I, my sister did homeless, uh, took some food out to the homeless one time for Thanksgiving, and um, I mean, it was huge, it was a lot of food, you know, because that's what you think when you want to give to someone, you give big, but it's like we wanted to give and give consistently, you know, um, and so, uh, that's what we had. And then Christmas time came around. I was like, what are we going to do? And we had a, a volunteer say, just come up with a big plan. And I remember Ramon saying, like, hold on, hold on. You know, we don't have resources for that. We need to think a little bit more. In my own words, I'm saying we need to think a little bit more realistically. And her response was, well, we need to have faith that this, this stuff will come through. And his thing was like, we believe that God can do anything, but... Right now, this is what we have in our hands to work with. What we have, yeah, yeah stewardship, and um, and I remember you, we all prepared something that that we were capable of doing. We spoke to the church and uh, that we were aware of, that we were a part of, and people just started donating because they under, they saw you know they saw the purpose of it, and it ended up being a really we were able to give them a good meal. Um, it give was a them, wonderful like these, time. These care too. packages, like we didn't ask for, we didn't ask for anything. I think it was a blanket. Yeah, it was like blankets, backpacks. toothbrushes, backpacks, all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a care package so they can care for themselves. Because no, she, no oh, I was not to cut you off, but no, I just want because she, she her point was is like oh yeah 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 we have this but we want this so let's have faith for that and I was like mm, no that's first that's not even faith anyways that's a different thing. Um, we wrote a book about faith, and <laughs> but <clears throat> it's another thing we didn't think we could do. Um, but that's not necessarily faith in that sense of just believing for what you don't have. It's not what it's. It's a lot deeper than that. But it's it's about stewardship, stewarding what you do have, because what you don't. The thing about stewardship is you always have a lot more than what you think you do. 
You always do, but you won't. You will not know that until you start stewarding it and flip, you know, and, yeah. and and like really um, being committed to 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 a good call and doing it for the right reason, so God can be glorified and whatever. And you you realize that, and so it's really it's a very important principle to me to manage well what you have in your hand. Man, if anybody has dreams, it's me. Like I want like this camera right here. Like I want to re replace that. Like I would have replaced it had we gone to the states. And I mean, our budget is thin, thin, thin. But like you got to figure out a way to do it. And what can we sacrifice to make this? Because it's going to take us our videos and our our, uh, our uh, reach and stuff to the next level, and our our production stuff or whatever to another level. And so, but for now we have this camera, so we're going to do what we can do. We can't control that stuff, but we can we can control what we have in our hands. And so right. her thing was believing for what we don't have. My thing and focusing for what we don't have, and we'll just wait until that happens to do the thing. And I was like, no, let's focus on what we do have. Mm. And like, yeah, believe that God will multiply or whatever. And but at the end of the day, believe that as long as we are like uh, we are loving God in the midst of what we're doing is number one. But then we're loving people through what we're doing as well. Like that God is going to provide everything that we need, everything that we need to make this like right. successful on his terms, not on our terms. And so like that, that was the thing. And so people did just start popping up and giving stuff, you know, like giving blankets and stuff like that. And we had, you know, we had, like you said, all the big yeah, seeing like how they could help. And, and what I love about that is that at the end of the event, our confidence was in Christ. Like we couldn't have, we did, we couldn't step back and say, man, look at what we did. It was yeah. just like, man, look at what God did because we didn't do anything. We had nothing to give, you know, we were just, just started with what we had and watched God do what he wanted to do in that time and situation, you know. You feel loved by God too. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. he, he he used us to do this. Yeah. Like because you always see like the testimonies on TV and the internet and stuff about God doing stuff <clears throat> for or through other people. And you always can kind of convince yourself that he doesn't do that stuff through me. Mm -hmm. Which may not be on the same scale, but that's not that's not here or there. Like he's still using you and working in you to do, you know, to to for his glory through through people. And it's awesome to like to even be chosen to be used by God is is an awesome thing. And we we're all used by like I get it, but like specific things where God has multiplied nothing into something is a good feeling. And like and to be able to help people and hear the gospel because of it is a really cool feeling. And I think that's what happened there, you know. Yeah. I think about the many times that God called people in the Bible to do things and how unqualified they were. Um, but like is there is there a line right biblically who was qualified in the bible to do what god yeah. had done, had asked them to do not, uh, not gideon not moses not like, Esther, like not yeah, david like, not, not none of them not, not the disciples literally right. that was the issue you know right and and the one who was overqualified jesus you know <laughs> he came and humbled himself and yeah became man like poor guy but I don't know, like, like there is a balance though, right? We want to encourage people to use their gifts and things that they are qualified to do mm. in missions, right? You would, you would say that, right? Yeah. You, but, but I also wouldn't discourage someone who isn't completely qualified in a certain area to go ahead and do it if they can learn that, that just because you, you don't know how to do it now doesn't mean you won't be able to do it in a week. Like I was telling Ramon something about, I did some research on TikTok growth, the app TikTok and, and, and different strategies you can use. It was literally a, a, a few minutes. The course that I took was a few minutes and I, and I had learned so much that could help grow our TikTok account. And I was just like, that literally just took a few minutes. I had nothing just three minutes ago and now now I'm an expert. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it's, it, that to teach people that this is 
this is what you have to have not not necessarily consistency but persistence to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to even when it's hard to learn to do it because yeah. you, you see an angle and i love what uh jaylen our daughter <laughs> she's nine years old she said uh i guess a couple of weeks ago ramon asked her hey, what happened to shy jaylen you used to be so shy and she's like i just got tired of being shy and she's just blossomed into this uh Overly ball of charisma, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overly confident child, <laughs> yeah. Overly sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so like that's what I feel like that is a really good approach just to get tired of of being in a place where where maybe you feel uh comfortable by not being stretched and not growing, but even that place gets really sad. I mean, mm. it just becomes almost like a like a grave where you just lay there and die <laughs> because nothing is growing and nothing mm. is 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 um, multiplying or you're not accomplishing anything. So you literally do just got to get tired of not being sufficient, not yeah. being qualified, and and do something. Well, and, and just realize, like man, that especially when it comes to representing the kingdom of God, you're always you can study all you want. You're unqualified. Yeah, you're unqualified because you're not holy on your by your own under your own power and your own, own strength. Everything that you do is based on the grace of God. Mm. Like, yeah, you studied this, studied that, studied that, but you would still go to hell for eternity without Jesus coming and dying on the cross for your sins. And so, but then on the other end of that, I didn't study this, I didn't study that, I didn't study that. Like, but Jesus died on the like, cross for you to empower you with the whole, you know what I mean? To be, and so, like, it all comes back to, a, especially, specifically in ministry, a dependency on Jesus and who he is and his His. He is uh, sufficient. His sufficiency, we share in his sufficiency, not doesn't make us God, but he's, he, he, make, he made us sufficient because he's all sufficient through mm-hmm. everything. So he's made us capable to be represent, representatives of his kingdom in every area of life and every square and everything that we put our hand to, um, to be, maybe not to be uh, an astronaut, because that's the thing is we twist it sometimes. We say, well, I can be a representative, I can be an astronaut because God, well, Maybe you can be an astronaut, but everybody can be an astronaut. But everybody can represent God in every area that they're in yeah. b- because of who he is inside of us. And so the transformation that he has done in us, it kind of like um, it, it goes beyond like the things that we see here. and goes into eternal perspective. So a, a perspective that we, again, we are incapable, completely incapable of even talking about and teaching on. We're not capable to teach this. And again, it's not based on how long you study. We're, we're not capable to teach on this eternal perspective that only people who are deemed holy will, <laughs> will get into. We can't make ourselves holy within and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's based on him. And so when we realize that we're incapable of all this in the first place, it kind of gives you a weird sense of comfort because you're like, oh, yeah, but he is cap- capable. And I'm in him. And he, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you're in me, I'm, you know, so on and so forth. And like, oh, I'm in him. So let me just trust in God. Through this, and again, I'm not saying like what people talk about, like what people call faith, and like, well, I'm in Him, so I can have the car of my dreams. That's not what, but that like things for His glory, anything for His glory, you can do it because of who He is and because He wants to do. But it's at that point, it's a heart search and all this other stuff. But God has historically and will continue to do great things through unqualified people because that's who he is and that's what he does but the dependency has to be on him and for his glory alone alone not oh we share like not (laughs) not yeah not like his and but the but the beauty of that is that we do share in his glory at like when all things are reconciled and we we share it and we will be able to bask in and share in his glory we're forever linked and connected to 
his, his, uh, his being glorified and whatever. But we don't seek our glorification because he already is glorified. So because he's glorified and we're in him, then that's enough. His glory is enough for all of us to cover us and qualify us or whatever you want to say, to be able to do whatever he's called us to do. And so I think there's a, uh, it's, a very, it's a very easy to say and talk about, but it's a very hard thing to do. You know, to, to, how do you work harder at something? It's by stopping working harder Stop working harder. Yeah, anyway, you know what I'm saying. And putting your faith in him. Well, it means being lazy. No, it actually means working harder yeah. because you're not working on based on your capabilities. Mm-hmm. You're working based on his capabilities. And I'm not, I'm not talking about running yourself into the ground, but I'm talking about not trying to qualify yourself by your efforts. But better yet, understanding that God, God is capable of reaching all things and all people in any way. So how is my work, habit, my work ethic going to reflect that, my belief in that? that he can do it, doesn't have anything to do with me. But what is he capable of doing? Because you'll never outwork what God's capable of, you know what I mean? And so you need to rest in that as well. It's like, okay, well, God can reach everybody on the planet. So I'm going to reach everybody on the planet, but now I'm neglecting my family and my kids and whatever. And so, you know, so, go, so you'll never be able to outwork what God's, not potential, because he's not, uh, that just sounds like an insult, but what his capabilities are. You'll never be able to, and so, yeah, work, work hard for his glory, from his glory, for his glory. And like, you know, but empowered by the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. And then fear, fear is still there, like, but it becomes like it, wisdom. Now, now fear and wisdom become like hand in hand. So now you know, you, you, know, you know when a fear is a wise fear and when a fear is just an insecure fear and you're thinking about yourself. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? And so, like, because sometimes I think we should be fearful of stuff. Like, hey, I want to build this, blah, 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 blah. Well, why? Because I want, well... But I'm I'm afraid. Yeah, you probably should be afraid because that's a stupid idea. You know what I mean? Like that's like. But then on the other side, like a lot of times it's like, man, I really feel like God is calling me to plant a church, but I'm I'm incapable. Well, that doesn't automatically mean do it. There's a lot of questions and conversations that need to be had before you jump into that. But not feeling capable is not the reason and never will be the reason to not do that. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I think for me, it all kind of comes Obviously, I was saying earlier about how it's like on a practical level, not a spiritual level, but it all is based in in our spirituality and where we put our place our confidence, you know. And so when we feel incapable to do something that God has called us to do, it's because we're believing in ourselves to be able to accomplish what God has called us to do through him. And so it has nothing to do with how capable or incapable you are. It has everything to do with how capable he is. Mm-hmm. And so if he's capable, then it doesn't really matter what my capabilities are. I'm going to continue and I'm going to take the steps in confidence knowing that he has never let anyone down ever in that in that sense as far as calling them to do something and then be like ha ha told you Gideon got killed ha. like you know like it's that's not what he does that's not who he is yeah. and so he, he's 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 sufficient and and like as insufficient as we are he is all sufficient and so we find our sufficiency in him and in him and only and so by that and through that we can do whatever that he calls us to do and whatever we need to do you know mm-hmm. You guys always just cut it off. Like, good grief. No, I was going to say something, but then it would just go to another. I mean, what? well, I just, I remember a time when we were about to return here to Bolivia. Um, and a lady from a church we visited asked how, how we were doing, how I was doing. And I told her that I said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, it's a little bit scary, but, but, you know, we're, we're going and she just kind of like rebuked me because said I'm not walking in faith if I was having any any feelings of fear. 
But I remember getting so upset with her because I'm like, I am still in my fear, obedient to God. Like, I, absolutely, that's the important part. And and like, I I was maybe being super rude or my heart was wrong at that time. But I was just like, what are you doing? You know, you're here all comfortable, not being yeah. <laughs> challenged to do anything. But you're here to tell me, you know, that that I'm in the wrong because I'm fearful. But but I just I feel like we get that so wrong. I feel like we feel like fear is something that we need to overcome versus. Um, Versus shift our focus. Okay, I'm afraid. So what? You know, and yeah. I don't. I don't know what the Bible says. About I mean, that that, and that that is overcoming fear. Essentially, is like I think we always think that means overcoming fear means the absence of it, and yeah. it's going to dis- disappear. But it, it's always going to be there. There's always a temptation to be fearful and and think. And again, sometimes that is a safety mechanism. It's designed to keep us safe. But walking in that paranoia, fear yeah. is not. That's not. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But it doesn't mean that you won't be afraid. Like, fear is natural. And it, again, it keeps you safe. However, if we live in fear, doesn't mean if you, if, you have, if you feel fear sometimes. But if you're living in fear and existing in that, then you're not doing what God has called you to do. So you have to be very careful because, okay, I feel afraid. However, I know what God has called me, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so it's not, at that point, that fear has no power over you. And it never had power over you in the first place. It's just that you thought it did. And so you allowed it to. And so it's not even, and I, I think we make people feel marginalized and isolated when they do feel fearful. Now they can't come to church and confess my fears to people because they're going to just rebuke me for being afraid. And it's, the Bible says, do not be afraid this many times. But look at the context of what it's saying it in. I'm not, again, yes, we don't live in fear and we don't allow our lives to be dominated by fear. But at the same time, fear is not like, it just is what it is. It's, it's fear. Like, and so if, if everything we do or don't do is because we're afraid to do it, yes, that's living in fear. That's a problem. But mm-hmm. if you feel fearful, but you're still doing something every day, mm-hmm. like you're, you're literally walking in faith. Mm-hmm. That's literally what you're doing. And so, yeah, that's a people, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, like it's easy to say, oh, you're walking in fear. You need to go to Bolivia, a place you've never been to, and move and pack up all your stuff and go have, have your babies there and whatever. And when you're sitting on, you know, on your mm-hmm. couch in, you know, Oklahoma City or, you know, Dallas, Texas or whatever, and watching TV, like, and now you're rebuking me for being fearful. That's not. That's but not, my thing is that that rebuke wasn't even helpful. Like, how it's do not we, helpful. That's how exactly do we help someone? Saying. Because I'm still do. I'm still going. Like you said, don't be afraid. You need to go to Bolivia. That's not even the issue. I was still going. I was still going to birth my children here. I was still going to, you know, live my life here. And so just rebuking someone, it's like telling someone, don't be gay. Like. Okay, now what do I do with that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, well, it's, I mean, fear of fear is still fear, isn't it? Like that's the thing is she's afraid of being afraid, and it's still you're still afraid. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's an it's just silly, and it's an inevitable thing. Now, I think again, when we see people like just paralyzed and not doing something, we need to encourage them to walk out. But even saying stop being afraid, like it doesn't like you said, it doesn't like help. like when people say don't get mad. Like <laughs> that is like license to get mad. <laughs> yeah, like fool. Like it's not a light switch. Like I'm already past that point. That's why you're saying that. So, oh yeah, yeah. Don't get mad. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Shut that off. <laughs> so, yeah. What are you gonna say? Nothing. Oh, okay. Good talk. You good then? Yep. You had. He had. I know you had. I had something. Face going down another. No, no, no. How long have we been going? We got time. We got time. We got time. Go for it. No, I was just gonna say, like on a on a practical note as well. um, When it comes to ministry, or whether that's on the mission field, or or back back in the states or in the UK, 
90, I would say 90% of the time you're dealing with people. Um, and I don't think you can ever be fully qualified when it comes to working with people because everyone is, everyone's different. Uh, one person's needs won't be the next person's needs, which won't be the next person's needs, which won't be the next person's yeah. needs. So I think the moment you think, oh yeah, I'm qualified for working with people, I think that's where it becomes dangerous because now all of a sudden you've got methods of how to deal with someone. Well, what if what if a person doesn't fit into your methods? Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't work with that one person? What what happens then? Do you panic? Do you break down? Do you stress or oh this person just can't be fixed? It's because yeah. it's like they didn't fit into your methods. Um, that's why I'm always skeptical whenever you find a book uh, which has the the title complete book of it'll yeah. be like complete book of making friends or complete <laughs> complete book of marriage or complete yeah. book of discipleship and it's like all those things involve people um and people are just so different whether it's culturally it's it could true. be your next door neighbor the people you go to church with or across overseas when you change culture people are just so different um and so yeah to ha- ever really to ever be fully qualified to working with people who are just different needs, different life situations. Yeah. I don't think you're ever going to get to that point. So I think when you realize, okay, you know what? I'm not qualified to work with people because everyone's different. Mm. So how can I help this person for who they are? How can I approach this person in this way? Um, I think that, that that's a, that's how I mentally process a lot of the work that I do here. It's like, a, okay, you know, now I'm working with three-year-olds and then in the afternoon I'm working with 13-year-olds and then Saturday night I'm working with 18-year-olds or whatever and I'm like, Man, I'm, I'm I don't feel qualified for this, but it's like you know what I'm not I'm not going to be qualified to work with three year olds and then an eighteen year olds because they're so different. Yeah. Um. And so it's like just working how I can, like you said, knowing that you know, give give a little and God will take it, yeah, take yeah. it miles. Um, Absolutely. And so just just being being aware of that is is what helps me. That's a good point. Like to like even breaking it down to like I can't help how. I, can't learn how to help everybody but can i learn how to help this person mm. or can i learn how to help this person or whatever that's it. actually i never thought about it like that but that's but it's absolutely right because there's nothing more diverse than personalities mm. like even the animal kingdom you have some very different animals the narwhal like that thing with the horn on it it's like a seal without a face but like it's a whale and it has a horn on his head like you have that thing and then you have a horse or a cow or you know a scorpion like it's so different, but like there's still yet nothing more diverse than human personalities, and like the depths of that, I think we don't we don't know, mm-hmm. and so it's like because I mean you, even a psychiatrist who has studied this their whole life, I'm sure that almost all of them have probably had a session where a person walks out and they're like, "Holy cow, that that guy is crazy!" Like you know what I mean? But this is and they're supposed to be the person that is a professional, and because we're all so different and so unique and whatever, that's a good point. I never thought about it like that. What happened? No, when you saw that guy is crazy. <laughs> like even the psychiatrist, like you know. But anyways, yeah. Got big plans this week? Just same old. We're gonna finish the devotion this week, aren't we? Devotional office yeah. stuff. Just got little things to check off the list. You um you going out this week? Friday. Okay. <laughs> you're still going on your day that's no longer <laughs> I your mean, day i just don't want to get into ha- into the habit of being out a lot because the cases are still right well, i mean you can change your day though that's what i'm saying oh uh, yeah well i mean if we need chicken on wednesday yeah i'll leave and go shopping on wednesday they're like oh can't get it till friday girls we're fasting <laughs> yeah. like you know no i'm gonna go to the grocery store tomorrow morning and um hey, yeah, w- hey wednesday just fits in my schedule I already had that and you we can only stay out till three o'clock mm. so can't go like after I'm done working and after we're done working and stuff because you can't go out at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I just maintain Wednesday morning just 
because I've already scheduled all around that to be yeah. out and kind of plan to be out Wednesday morning. So I'll probably go to the grocery store tomorrow morning and then I'm not going to do as much running around as I used to, though. It used to be Wednesday morning, all morning. I'm just running, yeah. running, 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 running. But now it's not really necessary because if we need something, I can go on Thursday and grab it, too, you know. Are you still going to take groceries to... I mean, food. yeah, yeah, we need to do that too. Like, there's there's so much stuff that we need to do. We're we're more busy now than we ever were before, uh, quarantine and coronavirus and pandemic and stuff. It's crazy. So we got to go another round. So we have some more stuff to give out. Uh, food. So we've been giving out food for those of you that don't know. I guess we've been giving out like uh, what do you call those? Like portion? No. Like like food items, necessary food mm-hmm. items. There's a word for it. Hampers. Huh? Hampers? I mean... Hampers? M- Hamper. Maybe, but we Why don't call it that. Food? I mean, I, 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 I can't correct <laughs> you. Know, like you essential ca- cooking? Yeah, it's the essential supply, like flour, rice, that's like goods, whatever. Um, and so we've been giving those out periodically through the last couple mo- last month or so of the quarantine. And then, um, so we got a do- donation from a church, and so we have to go this week and buy more, and we'll go in the ambulance and... We'll give up, buy the stuff and give out the rest mm-hmm. of it in the in the community and stuff. So we got to do that at some point as well and get that fitted in. So fun time. My daughter called them goodie bags. So I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> rice is not. Yeah. Rice and flour is not a goodie bag. It's Privilege. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. You grow up in, yeah, like, it, yeah, it was a happy thing for them because we already have food in the house. When Because the government brought one bag. They didn't give you one because you no. didn't come to, that's right. They, uh, the government brought like one bag a uh, month or so ago when they were testing all the houses. Mm-hmm. And so we obviously, we had food, thank God, that we're in a position where we can have food already, but when they brought it. So the kids, it was like extra, like, oh, goodie bag, yeah. <laughs> and so some people, this is like what they have, like well, like Alejandro was saying, there's a kid that goes to our church, um, you know, obviously lives with his mom. But they, we took, last week, me and Rudy took him some, I don't know if I told you this, me and Rudy took some, uh, one of the bags over to him and he came and told Melinda later, like, what did he say? You, I mean, he talked to you. He was saying that he was really thankful because they had run out of their capital or whatever whatever they have to. That he sells, he and his mom sells, like, breads and yeah. different. Door to door. Yeah, different, like, masitas? How do you say? Yeah, like, just, like, yeah, baked goods. Baked like, goods. Like breads and, they, and stuff, He sells yeah. them door to door. And, and he said that they had run out of all of their um supplies i guess they didn't have anything yeah yeah and and that morning ramon and rudy had gone and took and taken him some and then he came to our house later on to sell sell us because i always tell him to come by we'll buy something from him um and he was just saying that his mom was super grateful and make sure he says thank you to them so yeah yeah he said they didn't have any food either right no they didn't have any anything he said we ran out of everything because you said he said he did, I didn't know what we were going to do or something like that. Yeah. So it's really cool because I think for us, we have food. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, people need food, but you don't, it's not, mm. you know what I mean? It's not personalized until like you start hearing people's like story about it. Like, oh man, people need food. Like we knew that, but it's different to like hear and experience and whatever. So how, how, how old is he? Like 14? Yeah, I'd say 14, 15. Well, he was, he was telling me, it broke my heart. He was telling me that, um, uh, one time when he came to sell us something for breakfast, um, that he was the only one in his household that was working because the bakery that he worked at was approved to to sell. You know, all of the company, all of the little businesses had to be shut down too because of the quarantine. But his was approved to to make and sell food, and his parents didn't have work. And so, at 14 years old, he's providing what little he can, making making bakery um, baked goods and selling them 
for his whole family. You know, yeah. it's just it's just broke my heart because we don't ever think about it in that perspective, like how yeah how necessary this day to day work is for mm-hmm. people. An unnecessary stress on a kid, like he's not. You know, you're yeah. not supposed to be like thinking about that stuff when you're that age. I mean, I didn't, and we're, we just grow up mm-hmm. blessed. Like we don't have to think about that stuff. So yeah. Anyways, we cut this. It's getting long. So anyways, uh, thank you for listening. You guys good? You have nothing else, right? Nope. All right. You're rushing. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate your love and your support and uh, listen to our podcast. We hope you have a great week. Um, provecho.